Well, good morning, everyone. It is so good to see you. I'm so glad to be with you this morning. If you are visiting with us, I just want to take a second and introduce myself. My name is Stacy McLean, and my husband, Chris, and I have been attending Crosstown now for about 18 years, and um, I'm excited to be here with you this morning. Thanks, Ricky. I appreciate it. Um, Okay, I have a question to ask you guys. So uh, if you're around my age, you may know this show, but if not, and you have kids, you may know the show. If not, well, then you're just gonna have to go with me on it, okay? Um, anybody remember about 10 years ago on Disney Channel, there was a kid show called Special Agent Oso? Anybody? Yeah, okay, all right, Jenny's got me in the sound booth. Thank you, Jenny. Jenny and I are about the same age, have kids about the same age. So it was this kid's show, and my kids love to watch Special Agent Oso. Basically, the premise of the show is there's this bear, this stuffed bear named Special Agent Oso. And at the beginning of every episode, he is on a training mission, and he's trying to complete a task. Unfortunately, Special Agent Oso ain't that great at it, so he always fails completing that task, which leads him to say, it's all part of the plan, more or less. And so um, then, as he's doing that, his little Palm Pilot flies in and says, hey, Special Agent Oso, there's a special mission for you. You've gotta go help so-and-so complete this task. And so then he goes and helps this kid complete some task, and while he's doing that, he finds out some information that he's able to take back and complete his training mission successfully. So you're wondering to yourself, why in the world is she talking about that and what does that have to do with anything today? Well, just know that I'm a little bear on a training mission and I wasn't doing it very well this week and I got a phone call on Friday from Pastor Paul. Friday, about lunchtime. Hey, I was like, hey, what's up? He said, um, unfortunately I've tested positive for COVID and I need you to preach on Sunday. <laughs> Friday, Friday afternoon. And um, if you're concerned, he is doing much better and we are thankful, uh, but he and his daughter both tested positive for COVID this week and they are both doing much better and continue to pray for healing and recovery and prevention of the disease from spreading. But uh, this is all part of the plan, more or less. I mean, on Friday, we were all scrambling to make some changes because of their positive COVID. We had to cancel CSM games, which is a big youth thing that we had planned for Saturday. So there was a lot of sadness over that. No CSM tonight. And I'm here preaching this morning. And it may not have been part of our plan um, as a staff for this week, but we know God is in the middle of all of it. And he's gonna work this out for good and for his glory. So I don't know where you're coming from this week, and I don't know if this was in your plan or not to listen to me this morning or to even be here today, but I want you to know God is with us today. Not the idea of God, not the concept of God, but God himself is here among us this morning. Whether you are here with us live or you're watching us online, God is with us today. And I believe he has a message for us to speak today. So Pastor Paul calls me on Friday afternoon and. We're talking about it and he says, you know, yeah, I'm gonna need you to preach. And I said, okay, great, can you send me your notes? And he said, no, I don't think so. I was like, oh, okay, well, no problem, we can do this. And we continued talking and we, he said, no, what I really think that I want you to speak about is what you were texting me about earlier this week. And so earlier in the week, I had been reading a passage of scripture and I've read this verse in scripture a thousand times, but for whatever reason this week, it really jumped off the page. And, and really when I read it, I thought to myself, I cannot believe that Pastor Paul has not taught this verse in the middle of his blessing series. It is like 
loaded with it, and it's from his very favorite book of the Bible, so why has he not taught on this? Well, of course you're not gonna text that to your boss, so you just text him the verse. I just texted him the verse and said, hey, what do you think about this? And of course he responded with uh, an answer of everything I had just learned, he obviously knew, and he responded and was like, oh yeah, it's a great verse. And so when we talked on Friday, he said, yeah, I think you were really onto something with that. That's the verse I want you to share. So that's kinda how we got to be where we are this morning, and um, we'll get into that. But I kinda wanna just remind us where we've been over the last few weeks. So over the last few weeks, we have been in the middle of our series, Live the Do. And we have been learning that God has a plan for us, that God has a plan. He wants to give us joy-filled, purpose-directed, anxiety-free lives. That's the kind of God that we serve. That is, that is who God is, that he has a purpose for us, that he wants us to have anxiety-free lives. Anybody up for an anxiety-free life? I mean, I want an anxiety-free life, but that is the reality that God wants to give to us. He's not a God who's created a universe with a lot of pain and a lot of suffering to make us hate this world so that we become more spiritual. No, when God spoke creation into being, he spoke it into being, and then you know what he said? It is good, it is good, it is good, it is very good. God spoke creation into being and he said, it is good. That is the kind of God that we serve. That is the God of the universe that we're gonna be talking about today. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've learned about this dew of Hermon, the dew that comes down from heaven, that God wants to saturate our lives with these blessings from heaven heaven. And I know it sounds like, oh yeah, that's pie in the sky. No, that is the reality of what God is offering to us. A couple of weeks ago, we learned about how God's blessings come by design. We learned through the magic of Legos, right? <laughs> Actually, it's the intentionality of Legos. Have you guys ever tried to put Legos together? There are a million pieces with a thousand directions. But God has designed blessings. He has a design for the blessings that he wants to give to us. And then last week, we talked talked about the pairings in the, in the world of God and how things need to be paired rightly. So we know that God is connected to blessings. We learn that blessings are connected to design and design is connected and paired with engagement. And so we understand through God's word that he has intentionality and he has a plan for us and that plan is a good plan even if we can't see it. And that kind of brings me to what we're gonna be talking about today. So we're gonna be in um, a section of scripture that really lays out the blessings that God has given us. And so we're gonna look at what those blessings are, and then we're also gonna take a look at what happens when we can't see those blessings. Because sometimes, things happen to block our vision. Sometimes we can't see the blessings that God has given to us, and so we live our life full of anxiety, without any joy, full of chaos. I have been in that place where I have been full of anxiety with no joy and a lot of chaos, and that is not the life that God has planned for us. When Jesus came, he said, I have come so that you may have life and life abundantly but the enemy has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus wanted to bring us life abundantly. So we're gonna look at these blessings, and then we're gonna take a look at what happens when we can't see those blessings and how we can move past that. You know, um, for the, so on Friday, when I got the phone call, I immediately started reading back over his notes because, you know, I listen to the sermons every Sunday, but 
when you know that you're gonna have to be the one teaching the next session in the sermon, the next series, you know, you have to say, okay, let me go back. So I was pouring back over um, Pastor Paul's notes on Friday and this verse in Proverbs really hit me. I mean, I know I heard him read it last week and the week before, but I wanna read it again today because as I was reading it on Friday, it gave me that piece of information. You know, just like Special Agent Oso, when he went down to help someone else, he was given some new information that helped him on his training mission. Well, this proverb was the key for me that gave me the information I needed to change the way I had been thinking throughout the week. It's Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. And if you grew up in church like me, you probably know this verse. You could probably say it with your eyes closed. I'm going to read it with mine open though because I don't have it memorized. So Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. You see that phrase, do not be wise in your own eyes. I've heard that phrase a lot and it's actually repeated multiple times in the Old Testament. The apostle Paul says it in the New Testament. There is this idea of don't be wise in your own eyes. And I always thought it just meant don't be full of pride. But I think it means a little bit more. What God showed me on Friday afternoon when I was trying to process, Lord, are you sure? Are you sure I'm the one that's supposed to do this on Sunday? Um, What he showed me is don't be wise in your own eyes means don't use myself to understand myself. I am a poor judge of myself. So if you are thinking about um, leaning not on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord, I need to not lean on what I think about myself, but I need to trust in the Lord. God has given me precious and great eternal blessings and gifts in Christ Jesus. But I could not see them this week because I was relying on myself. I was being wise in my own eyes. I was leaning on my own understanding. And what God revealed to me and what he may be trying to say to you this morning is stop interpreting yourself through yourself. Let the voice of God speak louder. God is speaking to us this morning. God is always speaking. And his voice is louder than our voice. But if you are like me, I kind of shut his voice out this past week. I mean, I have a hard time seeing myself the way God sees me. I can see you the way God sees you. I believe God's given me a special gift like that to see especially women. I see them the way that God's seen them and the way that God sees them, but I have a hard time seeing myself that way. I get stuck in that. And so I can't lean on my own understanding, but I have to trust the Lord. I have to acknowledge him. I have to listen to his voice. And the apostle Paul tells us when he's writing to the church at Ephesus, he begins telling them all of the spiritual blessings that God has given to them in Ephesians chapter one, which is where we're gonna be today. It's actually kind of funny that we're in Ephesians chapter one. Like I said, the verse I texted Pastor Paul this week, it was Ephesians 1, 3, because I know Ephesians is his favorite book of the Bible. I mean, you guys, I've, I don't know if he's, I can't remember if he said it publicly, but he and I have talked jokingly and he's like, you really don't need anything else in the Bible. I mean, you got the book of Ephesians and you can live your life and be okay with it. And I was like, I can't believe you would say that. We have to have the gospels. How can you throw the gospels out, man? You cannot throw out the gospels. And he was like, yeah, you know, okay, I get it. But I really kind of am leaning more on, listen, if you don't do anything else today, but you can get Ephesians 1, 3, 
in your heart and you can hold on to that verse, I'm telling you, it will change your life. And the Apostle Paul is writing to this church, he's writing to a group of people who are in Christ and he is telling them what God is speaking over them. And so I want you to listen as I read um, Ephesians 1, 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Now the reason that Ephesians 1-3 really jumped off the page for me was because we're in this mid the middle of this series, Live the Do, talking about the blessings of God. And listen to that, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who blessed us with every spiritual blessing. In one verse, the word blessing is used three different times. I have found when I'm studying scripture, if a word is repeated in one sentence or in one verse over and over again, usually God's trying to make a point there. So I think God is trying to make a point through the Apostle Paul. So I started looking up, what does that word really mean? And it's actually three different Greek words that get used in this one sentence. The first one that says, blessed be the God of our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, that word blessing really translates as praise God. And so we are to praise God. The Apostle Paul is saying, I am praising God because he has blessed you. He has given to you. He has bestowed upon you. He has laid upon you every, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That's what that verse is saying. I'm gonna praise God because God has laid upon you every good blessing in the, spirit, in the heavenly places. And then that third one, when it says spiritual blessings, it's actually referring to the way that you speak. It's actually talking about speaking out loud. And we know that God speaks. As a matter of fact, Genesis 1-3 reminds us, God said, God spoke, let there be light, and there was light. Where did light come from? the very voice of God, he spoke it into being. God speaks things into creation. God's speech sustains and sometimes God's speech destroys. When God is speaking, those are the things that he's doing and we see it all throughout scripture when God is speaking. And so the word, that third word there, that spiritual blessing, we've been given every spiritual blessing. That word blessing is where we get our present day word eulogy. We probably don't think about that word very much, but eulogy is a spoken praise report, basically. A eulogy, think about it, when you go to a funeral and someone gives a eulogy, they speak highly of the person who passed away, right? But, have you ever been to a funeral of a schmuck? Okay, I looked up the word schmuck and it's not offensive, thank you. It's not, it it's just means someone who's not a nice person. Has anyone ever attended a funeral of someone that you're like, man, how in the world are they gonna give a eulogy over this person? This person was just a schmuck. They were not a good person. I don't know how they're gonna give a eulogy. Well, that's exactly how I felt this week. I felt like I was a schmuck and I felt like how could God ever say anything nice to me? But you know what? God's voice was constantly speaking over me all week long. And his voice is louder than my voice. His voice is true. So no matter how we see ourselves, 
We cannot be wise in our own eyes. God is speaking a better word over us and his eulogy that is spoken over us in Christ is greater than anything we do, say, or believe about ourselves. So maybe you're saying, I messed up again, I'm a failure. But God's word spoken over us equals every spiritual blessing. Not some spiritual blessings, not a few, and not only spiritual blessings for a few, but those of us in Christ, whether we believe it, whether we feel it, whether we think it to be true, the reality is if we are in Christ, we have been given through Christ every single spiritual blessing. So yes, we have sinned. Yes, I do things that are schmucky sometimes, okay? But God is greater than that. And so we've sinned, we've fallen short, but God is speaking over us out loud. He is saying we are holy and blameless. He is saying we are adopted, redeemed, forgiven, united, and sealed. He is speaking these words over us over and over again, holy and blameless, adopted, redeemed, forgiven, united, and sealed. Did anyone wake up this morning, first thought in your head is, I'm holy and blameless, I am united in Christ, I am forgiven, I am redeemed, and I am sealed. Did anyone wake up with that as your first thought this morning? If you did, please come see me because I want that to be my first thought every morning but it is usually not the first thought in my head. But whether or not it's the first thought in my head, it is the first truth spoken over me by God. I want you to get this picture in your mind because God gave it to me this week for me. Stacy, when you open your eyes in the morning, guess what? I am speaking over you and I am saying you are holy and blameless. You are adopted into my family. You are redeemed, liberated, walking in freedom. You are forgiven from your sins. You are united in Christ and you are sealed through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are in Christ every morning that you open your eyes, whether you feel it or not, that is the reality that God is speaking over you. I don't care what you're struggling with. I don't care what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter. That is not what qualifies. Christ is what qualifies us. That is what he is speaking. All of these spiritual blessings have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So if you are in Christ, that is your reality. I want to prove that point to you because I don't want you to just believe some girl standing on the stage today because I'm not some girl standing on a stage today. God is using me to speak to your heart this morning because he knows I have a big mouth and he knows I will open it. And he says, if you open wide your mouth, I will fill it. And so he has filled it with his words to you today. So I want you to hear in Ephesians, it continues. And I want you to listen for the in him. We are not holy and blameless, redeemed and forgiven and all of those things because of what we do. It is because of being in him in Christ. So listen as I read Ephesians 1, 5 through 14, and I want you to pay attention to how many times you hear the phrase in him or in Christ in these 11 verses or 10 verses. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, 
to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved, in Christ. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him were sealed by the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. In those 10 verses, 11 times, we hear the phrase, in him, in Christ, in the beloved. God is making a point. You have received these spiritual blessings in Christ, nowhere else. It doesn't matter if you're doing well. Honestly, if it had been three weeks ago and Pastor Paul had called me, I probably would have walked a little arrogantly and confidently onto this stage thinking, oh, it's been a good week for me. I'm in a good place. Oh, I got this, don't worry about it. But when he called me on Friday, it had been one of the hardest weeks of my entire life. And you know why God did that? To remind me, it is not me. It doesn't matter how good I'm doing or how bad I'm doing, it is in Christ. It is only through Jesus Christ that I can stand here. And it is the power of God working through me and it is in him. Last week, we talked about pairings and we talked about pairing our lives with God. And I wanna have a real honest conversation with some of us today. Whether you're here or whether you're online watching us, I want you to ask yourself, have you paired your life with Christ? You see, I think some of us think we've paired our life with Christ because to get our spouse off our back, to set a good example for our kids, because it's the right thing to do, we'll come to church on Sunday morning or maybe we'll even serve at church. But God is asking you today, have you surrendered it all? Are you gonna pair your life with Christ? Christ today, because there is no other name under heaven in which you are saved. And if you want to receive these spiritual blessings of being holy and blameless, adopted, redeemed, forgiven, united, and sealed through the Holy Spirit, it only comes in Christ Jesus. See, Matthew 7, 21 tells us, not everyone who calls on the name Lord will be saved. It says, they'll say, but Lord, we casted out demons in your name. And he'll say, I don't know you. He said, it's those who do the will of my Father. And we have learned in Ephesians that the will of God is to set us free, to unite us in Christ, to call us holy and blameless for our eternal salvation. And so some of us, I think, have been running in circles with people who know God, but we don't know him. Don't carry any shame in that. You may have been serving here for five years and just realized, No, I've never, I've never paired my life with Christ. Instead of carrying shame or guilt on that, no, that's the tactic of the enemy. God's voice is destroying every tactic of the enemy today in Jesus' name. He is saying to you, today is the day. Do not harden your heart anymore. 
come, be in relationship with Christ Jesus. If you're sitting there and your heart is beating out of your chest and you think, that is the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life, that is probably an indication that the Holy Spirit is saying go. And you feel like you're about to jump off of a cliff and everything is gonna be chaos, that is a lie. The reality is, if you give your life to Christ, you will have no sure fitting on your foot ever. That is the only place in which our feet can, place, uh, can be firmed and be standing on is Christ because he is our rock and we can place our feet on him. And when the storms of life come, the waves will not take you out because you are in Christ. You are holy and blameless. You are adopted, you are redeemed, you are forgiven, you are united and you are sealed in Christ Jesus, no matter what. That is the assurance that God wants to give to us today. And if you do make that decision today, or you have recently made that decision, we want to invite you next Sunday to be a part of baptism. During our 11 o'clock service next Sunday, we will be doing baptism. And baptism is simply a reminder of God's grace that he has lavishly poured out on us. It is an outward public display of the inward work that God is doing in our hearts. And so we invite you to be a part of baptism next week if you make that decision. You know, maybe you're like me. Like, I know I'm in Christ. I mean, I know that I know that I know. I was actually telling some friends earlier this week, I was like, you know, I remember back in my late teens and early 20s, I cannot tell you how many times in my teens I went and gave my life to Christ because I was not sure I was saved. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you grew up like me in a Baptist church, you probably couldn't tell I grew up Baptist, huh? But if you grew up like me, I mean, I literally would go down and just be like, God, I'm sorry, please save me this time. And the reality is I was saved from the first time I ever asked him and meant that. It was done. But, you know, maybe you're like me and now I know, I am confident that I am in Christ. I know that. I don't doubt my salvation. I don't wonder whether or not I'm going to heaven. I haven't wondered that in two decades. But you know what did hit me this week that hasn't hit me in about two decades? Incredible insecurity. I mean, crippling insecurity this week. Real, real insecurity in who I am. And all I could hear was my voice speaking words of hate towards myself to the point that I cried myself to sleep at night. And y'all, my husband is a good man because he was like, he literally was like, I have no idea. I don't know what to say to you. I don't, he tried everything under the sun, but it's because it wasn't his voice that I needed to hear. It was the voice of God that I needed to hear. And it took me until Friday afternoon just sitting and reading and saying, okay, God. So maybe you will find yourself like I am, like I has, have been this past week, where you know that you're paired with Christ, but you're still struggling to see with your eyes that you are holy and blameless, that you are adopted, that you are redeemed, that you are forgiven, that you are united, and that you are sealed. So what then? What do you do if you know that you're in Christ, but you sure don't feel holy, you sure don't feel blameless, you sure don't feel set free, you feel full of anxiety, you feel full of chaos, disappointment, jealousy? What do you do, insecurity, what do you do then? Well, in this first chapter of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul sets out that they have been given every spiritual blessing, and he lists all of those spiritual blessings that I just read to you, and then you know what he says? Listen to what he says in verses 16 through 18. He says to them, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ 
the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know the hope to which he has called you. See, the apostle Paul begins praying for them because he knows that even when you're in Christ, sometimes events happen and your eyes grow dim. And so he said, I never cease praying for you so that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened that you may know the hope to which he has called you. I think for a lot of us, the circumstances of the last 18 months are coming full circle. And I think it has given us dim eyes to see ourselves. Just when we thought, oh, things are gonna get better, it's gonna get better, and we're putting our hope in all these other things, then all of a sudden you get a phone call and Pastor Paul has tested positive for COVID and I'm like, what? Or something at work fell apart or you lost a loved one unexpectedly or your marriage isn't what you thought it was going to be. Whatever it is, I think sometimes the circumstances and especially around what we've experienced in the last 18 months to two years with the pandemic has really condensed us and it has caused our eyes to grow dim. And what God is wanting to say and remind us is that he wants the eyes of our heart enlightened to see the hope to which he has called us. And that hope has a name and his name is Jesus Christ. That is where our hope comes from. And we're not alone. Um, in Psalm 69, the psalmist is saying, the mire has covered me, the floodwaters have overwhelmed me, I have no place to put my foot, I am sinking into the depths, my throat is parched from crying out, and my eyes have grown dim from waiting on the Lord. That's where I was this week. That's exactly where I was this week. As a matter of fact, I wrote it out in my Bible and underlined it and dated it because I wanna remember how when I was waiting on the Lord, he set me free because I finally allowed his voice to be louder than any other voice in my life. And you know, it's so hard because I do this for a living. I mean, I work at the church, so I should not be one that struggles with insecurities, but it came out of nowhere for me and it hit me hard this week. And sure, I know God loves me and I know I'm redeemed and I know I'm forgiven and I told myself that, but it did not get through to me. And it was very hard for me to believe that I was holy and blameless, that I was adopted, I was redeemed, I was forgiven, I was united and I was sealed. It was very hard for me to believe that. I love that last word um, in that list, that we are sealed in the Holy Spirit. We have been sealed. God has put a mark on us. That's what it means. He has put this, this protection around us. He is protecting us from the enemy. See, every spiritual blessing has been given to me. It's been laid upon me in Christ Jesus. And if you are in Christ, it, all of those things have been laid upon you in Christ. And you have been sealed. Remember, we said when God is speaking, he is creating, he is sustaining, or he's destroying. And finally on Friday, I gave in to God and I let his voice be the voice that spoke louder than anything else and he destroyed every scheme of the enemy that came after me. Now granted, I cooperated with some of the things the enemy was doing and some of it was my responsibility and I asked for forgiveness and I was forgiven, but God also said, you have been believing lies, you are being deceived and he destroyed every deception that I had been believing and I began saying things about myself like, 
I am a kind person. I am generous. I am not too difficult to be around. Don't ask the people in my house because this week was rough. But, but overall, they would tell you that I am not a hard person to be around. But I could not believe that about myself. And the way that I can stand on this stage and tell you today that I am beloved, that I am holy and blameless, that I am free is because of what Christ Jesus has done and because God never stopped eulogizing over me this week. He never stopped. Every single second of every single hour of every day this week, no matter how hard I hated myself, he never stopped speaking. Stacy, you are set free. Stacy, you are redeemed. You are holy and blameless. And he is saying the exact same thing about you if you are in Christ. I love how the Apostle Paul says, I want the eyes of your heart to be enlightened. Isn't that beautiful language? I mean, just think about that. The eyes of your heart enlightened. It's beautiful and it's poetic, but I need practical. So I was like, God, give me something practical because I don't know how to open the eyes of my heart. I don't even know where that would be. So what does that look like? So for me this week, it became this simple prayer. I stole it from a, a dead guy named Andrew Murray and I kind of shortened it and adopted it. And this is the prayer that I began repeating to myself on Thursday night and it made all the difference. Father, let the Holy Spirit have full dominion over my temperament, my thoughts, and my tongue. I surrendered my temperament, my thoughts, and my tongue to the power of the Holy Spirit. Because we've been told that if we are in Christ, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. He has been put in our hearts as a deposit from God to remind us. And that Spirit, that Holy Spirit that is in us when we are in Christ, is the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So if he raised Jesus Christ from the dead, don't you think he can change my emotional traits? And my husband said, praise Jesus, amen on that one. I'm so glad her emotional traits got changed this week because I think I was exhausting him. But I yielded my temperament to the Holy Spirit. No longer my emotions driving that train. Because I'm gonna tell you, if you're a woman, guys, you may not experience this, but if you're a woman, when your emotions drive the train, <laughs> you're not quite sure where it's gonna stop. I'm just saying, but when you yield your temperament to God, when I began saying, no, I yield my temperament, I may feel this way, but that is not true, God. Your word is true. When I yielded my temperament, it was able, it helped me to change my thoughts. So then I yielded my thoughts. Scripture tells us to bring every thought obedient to Christ. So when we yield our temperament, we can then yield our thoughts and transform the way that we think, which changes the words that come off of my tongue. So I was not, after Friday, I wasn't speaking self-hatred to myself. I was receiving the eulogy, the very spoken praise of God over me. So what I'm gonna encourage you to do is if you're like me and you struggled in the last few weeks at all, Give your temperament, your thoughts, and your tongue to God and watch him bless you so that you can bless others. Give your temperament, your thoughts, and your tongue to God and watch as he begins to bless you and then you can bless others. And I am 100% proof of that. If you walk out of here today and anything I've said or anything that happened today and you thought that was really good, then you received a blessing from God through me because God blessed me when I gave him my temperament, my thoughts, and my tongue. And so I encourage you, if you struggle with not liking yourself, having a hard time when you fail, trying to feel like you need to strive to attain something, I want to encourage you, 
pray this simple prayer. God, you have full authority over my temperament. You have full authority over my thoughts and my tongue. I yield them to you. Pray it every day. Say it out loud. Write it down. It is a simple prayer that I repeated to myself from Thursday night till this morning. I'm still repeating it to myself because that is where the power came. Because I was saying, God, your voice is louder than my voice and I wanna receive your voice spoken into my life. So we're about to move into this time of expressions. And as we are preparing this, this is really a time where we have the opportunity to respond to God. God has been speaking all morning long, and now God is inviting us into the conversation with him. And he's saying, hey, I want you to know that you are redeemed, you are holy, you are blameless, you are forgiven, you are sealed, you are adopted, you are united. And he says, you gonna receive that? So maybe if you have never made that decision to accept Christ, today we invite you, go to the back with our pastors or our elders and they will pray with you. If you're at home, ask God, God, today is the day. I am done playing. I'm done giving you lip service. I am giving you my life today. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed because he will seal it in Christ Jesus and bestow every single one of these spiritual blessings on you. Or maybe today, You just need to be reminded that you are forgiven. Yeah, you've done some things that you wish you hadn't done. And today, God wants to remind you through communion, through the body and blood of Christ, that forgiveness has been given to you through Christ Jesus. And he's saying, do this in remembrance of me. Take the cup, drink, take my body and be reminded there is nothing that you can do that is unforgivable. God's blood covers it all. Or maybe for you today, you're kind of like where I was, where you just didn't know where to start. Well, the beginning of Ephesians 1, 3 says, blessed be the God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. So maybe during this moment of expressions, you are just, you don't know what else to do. Then I encourage you, stand up and sing the words of this song to God. Give him your heart in praise and say, God, I am yours, I love you. I don't know what the next step is, but you begin praising him and it will begin. One of the greatest weapons we have to destroy the works of the enemy is worship and praising God. So we invite you wherever you are today, God is speaking to you and he is inviting you in. He is inviting you to an anxiety-free, joy-filled, purpose-directed life. And that is the reality He wants to give to us today because He is reminding us of the hope that we have, that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened through the wisdom and revelation to know the riches of the inheritance that has been given to you in Christ Jesus. God, we thank you that you are here with us today. It is not a concept of you. It is not an idea of you. It is not a thought of you, but it is you, God. Your very presence is in this place today and the door is open today, God. And we thank you for that. We thank you that you have spoken it. So it is so, Father, you have spoken a declaration over our lives. You have declared who we are in Christ Jesus. We are holy and blameless. We are redeemed, we are forgiven, we are united, we are adopted, and we are sealed in Christ Jesus. And we praise you for that, God. Thank you so much for your love. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name, amen.